0: welcome to the weekly podcast of river valley church we're glad you're here our heart is to lead people to jesus and launch them into their god-given purpose so we pray you would encounter god in a fresh new way today to learn more about our church visit rivervalley.org now let's tune in to this week's message my name if you don't know my name is ben i'm the campus pastor here at city campus and it's an honor and a privilege to be able to preach today and um just honor Pastor Rob for giving me this opportunity to preach. Come on, can we give it up for our lead pastors really quick? Pastor Rob and Becca. It's been a crazy year and, and they've handled it so well. And so we're going to go into Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, if you have your Bibles with you. If not, I want to read some scripture. It's going to be on the screen. Uh, but just to recap, two weeks ago, Pastor Rob talked through the book of Daniel. It, it, his title was "What Book of Daniel Are We In?" And he talked through Chapter One and Chapter Three and Chapter Six. And then last week, if you were here, Pastor Kirk, uh, the campus pastor of Apple Valley, he preached on Daniel One. And today I'm going to preach on Daniel Three. I'm going to read a few verses here, uh, Daniel Chapter Three. Just then, some Babylonian fortune tellers stepped up and accused the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, "Long live the king." You gave strict orders, O king, but when the big band started playing, everyone had to fall to their knees and worship the gold statue. And whoever did not go to their knees and worship, it had to be pitched into a roaring furnace. While there are some Jews here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, some fun names to say right there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have placed in high positions in the province of Babylon. These men are ignoring you, O king. They don't respect your gods and won't worship the gold statue you set up. Furious, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought in. When the men were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you don't respect my gods and refuse to worship the gold statue that I've set up? I'm giving you a second. But from now on, when the big band strikes up, you must go to your knees and worship the gold statue I've made. If you don't, you will be pitched into a roaring furnace, no questions. Who is it? Who is the God who can rescue you from my powers? Like, this is a crazy story. Like, you know, people read the Bible and they say the Bible is boring. No, like, this stuff is crazy. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, King Nebuchadnezzar, your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from the roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up. O king, but even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of a difference. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Nebuchadnezzar, his face purple with anger, cut off Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace fired up seven times, hotter than usual. He ordered some strong men from the army to tie them up, hands and feet to throw them into the roaring furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bound hand and foot, fully dressed from head to toe, were pitched into the roaring fire. Because the king was in such a hurry, the furnace was so hot, Flames from the furnace killed the men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. While the fire raged around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, suddenly King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm and said, didn't we throw in three men bound hand and foot into the fire? That's right, O king. They said, but look, I see four men walking around freely in the fire, completely unharmed. And the title of my message this morning, just for the next 20 minutes, is stand up. Stand up. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for every single person that chose to be in church today. And there's so many things going on in our culture right now, in this world, in this year. But I pray that through this message, we are encouraged to be able to stand up. God, stand up for what it says in the word. Stand up for loving people. Stand up for our family. And God, I pray that I get out of the way. God, I pray that you speak through me. And I believe that people will walk away changed, completely different. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, 2020 has been a crazy year. I know many of you realize that. And a lot of people can look back on 2020, maybe in a couple years, and they, they may say it's a bad year. But I believe that you can find good in any situation. You can find good in any season. And I just believe that today you're going to find good. I believe that coming to church, God is going to put people in your way. God's going to put relationships in your way, conversations, maybe this message that there's good even in the bad. That's what I've been trying to figure out. That's what I've been trying to pray for is God, okay, I realize there's been some bad things happening, some frustrating things. Sometimes I don't know the answer, but I believe that I can find good in it. And a few things uh, as I look back on 2020 that I believe are really good is number one is me and my wife, Emma, are having a quarantine baby. Come on, somebody. We are pregnant with number two. That is good in 2020. Everyone's saying it's a bad year. I'm saying it's a good year. Because baby number two is coming. Boy or girl, I know. If you want to find out, maybe we can talk after service. Um, I'm excited about it, though. Uh, There's a lot of good happening. That's the first thing that's happening that's good. But also, with all the time that we've been quarantined, I've got to really spend time with my daughter, Bailey. And it's been the greatest privilege of my life to be able to be there for the first of many, many things. First steps. Well, almost steps. She's kind of wobbling now. She's standing up, kind of walking on a a little, I don't know what you call it, a little toy. But her first time saying dada, first time saying mama, first tooth, uh, first solid food. Like if it wasn't for quarantine, I might have missed it. So I'm trying to find good even in, in the bad. And. Like I said before, she's at that stage now, but it's, it's like any day she's going to start walking and, and she's standing up. And it's funny because when she stands up, it, you know, she's like her knees are, are shaking and she stands up for maybe a second and then she'll fall right back down or, you know, she'll fall forward. And she's never really certain as she stands. And this past week, as I watched her stand, I realized this is, this is my life. Like we're, we're called to stand up. This whole message is, is, is about standing up. But I'm realizing that as I try to stand for God. As I try to stand for my family, as I try to stand for what's right, I look a lot like my daughter. I look a lot like I'm trying to stand but my knees are shaking and I I stand for a moment but then I fall down and I'm never really certain should I be standing right now. And I feel like this is what God's calling me to do and I feel like we can all relate to that. Maybe you find yourself in that. It's like I feel like this is what God's calling me to do but (laughs) I'm like shaking. I don't know if, if it's right and I believe it is. That all we have to do is stand. All we're called to do is stand, and God will see us through. See, it says in 2 Corinthians twelve nine, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on you. See, this message, I'm not preaching this message about saying, saying hey, you need to stand up strong. I'm saying you need to stand up scared. You need to do it afraid. And I believe that God's put people on your heart, God put prompts on your heart and you are scared. But all you have to do is stand and God will see you through. So when you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like some pretty incredible things that they're saying, you know, it's like they're being threatened that they're going to be put into the fire. But their response is, Your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in, into the fire, the God we serve can rescue us. See, it sounds like, like when you read that, you, you think of, at least for me, I think of a, a strong voice. Like, they must have been, you know, very confident. But who knows? Maybe they were shaking. Like, maybe they were like, I, like I don't know what we're doing here. Like, our knees are shaking. Like I, like, I feel like this is what God's calling us to do, and we just got to go for it. Right? Fear is a real thing in this year. And you may be relating to that where you're standing up shaking, and you're afraid, And the reality of fear is fear is is good. Fear is good in a way, right? Like if we didn't have fear, we would live reckless lives. If I wasn't fearful, I would go home and touch the stove. Like we're born realizing that fear is good. But the spirit of fear is wrong. The spirit of fear where fear rules you. And I believe that this year, unfortunately, has been a year where, where fear has consumed people. Where it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. See, I believe that your greatest fulfillment in life comes on the other side of your greatest fear. Your greatest fulfillment. So if you feel like your knees are shaking, you feel like I can't do this, I'm scared. Stand up, and I believe the greatest fulfillment will come. Right? Maybe you look at your 2020, you look at your season, and you see this giant statue, in front of you. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. saw this 90-foot statue. And that's what you see. It's a statue of depression. It's a statue of fear. Statue of worry. Statue where this was the year where your finances were finally going to get in check. But then you lost your job and things are, 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 are not the way you want it to be. Or, man, I feel like marriage, this is the year of my marriage is going to be better than ever. But then things just keep getting worse and worse. And you look at this statue... But the truth is if there's a statue in front of you, that means that God put a Shadrach faith inside of you, right? If there's a statue in front of you, that means that God put an Abednego faith inside of you. Like he gave you exactly what you need to face whatever you're facing. Your greatest fulfillment will come on the other side of your greatest fear. It's not about standing up strong. It's standing up scared. For when we are weak, we are strong. His grace is sufficient. Just for the next 15 minutes, I want to talk about ways that we can stand up scared. Talk about how we can do it afraid. The first thing is this. Is a direct revelation needs to be more important than a secondhand opinion. See, if you're going to stand up in 2020, you cannot stand up on information. You need to stand up on a revelation. It's not about the wealth of knowledge. It's about the the whisper from God, the The word of God is is like a rock, a firm foundation. The revelation that you hear from Jesus, whether you're reading it in His Word or you're praying and you listen to Him, it's a firm foundation. Like it says in Psalm sixty two, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge. A rock where no enemy can be reached. See, the world is all about information. And information is good. It makes us have better decisions. Helps us be informed. But there comes a time in people's lives where you need to look past this world. You need to look past what you see with your physical eyes. And you need to look towards what God is doing, right? And I believe that there's people in this place that you're scared about what's next. But God's calling us to this place of vision. See, vision is not seeing what's now, not what's seeing what's, what's in front of your eyes. Vision is what's seeing, seeing what's next, what God is going to do with your life. Saying, I, I don't know if I want to step in and start this business. I don't know if I want to step into this relationship. I don't know. And, and, and you are bound by fear, but if you have vision in your life, you're able to see not now, but able to see what's next. Not only that, but you're able to prophesy. See, the difference between vision and prophecy is a couple inches. It's from seeing to speaking. Not only are you going to speak what's now. You know, 2020 is a bad year. I can't believe, like, what's happening in 2020. That's speaking to the reality. But you're saying, I want a direct revelation. I want to speak to what God is, do- what God is doing in this place, what God is doing in my life. But practically, how do you know the difference? Right, I, I think that that's a good question to ask. A lot of times I'm asking the same question. Is is this from God? Is this my opinion? I'm trying to figure out, like, am I following God or am I following what I want to do? And trying to decipher my flesh versus my spirit. And it's a real question. It's a practical question of how do I know the difference? The first thing is what does the Bible Bible say? Does it line up with the word of God, what God has put on your heart? The second thing is can you shake it in your spirit? See, I believe feelings will fade away. And if God puts something on your heart, whether it's to move to a different city, whether it's to start a new job, whether it's to go to a different college, feelings will eventually fade. Information will eventually fade. But, but the word of God, what God is speaking to you, it, it will be so ingrained in your spirit that you cannot shake it. Right, this is my story in ministry. Like, nobody in my family is in ministry. And I got called when I was eighteen years old and, and I debated with God like are you sure this is what you have for me? That means I gotta speak in front of people. I don't wanna speak in front of people. Like that's not like I remember in social studies class like my talking about knees shaking, like my knees were shaking when they're speaking in front of ten people. Like and God was calling me to this and I, and I ignored it for so long. And really, like I couldn't shake it in my spirit. I, like this is something that I had to do. And so if there's something in your life where you just keep thinking about it, it's not just a feeling, but you feel like I need to reach out to this person or I need to step into this new season. Like if you can't shake it, I believe that is what God is calling you to do, to do if, if it lines with the word of God. See, it says this. Uh, it's one of my favorite quotes by Leonard Ravenhill. It says, a sermon born in the head reaches the head. But his sermon born in, in the heart reaches the heart. See, when, when I preach a message, my temptation many times is to look up what other people say. Okay, what is Stephen Furtick saying? What is Rich Wilkerson Jr. saying? You know, I'll listen to somebody else's me- message. I got to have the perfect like notable pull for people to like tweet or, or put on the Instagram. And at the end of the day, I, I realize I'm going to preach what God is moving in me. What God is stirring in me? Well, I can't shake from my spirit. And, and if you're in this place, and you want to make an impact on people, you have to understand what moves you, what drives you. What, what is God speaking to you? Or, or it's like maybe He's not speaking to anybody else, and you're mad because that person's not passionate about that injustice or or, or that perspective, and, and you're angry. But God's put that very perspective in your heart that you can't shake to step into. If you want to move others, what moves you? I love in Romans it says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. See, the world would say that would be immaturity. If you're moved by impulses, that's just immaturity. But the Spirit of God says is, is that's actually maturity. And you got to move towards it. What moves you? What can't you shake in your spirit? What is God speaking to you? Second thing... As we talk about standing up scared, how do we stand up scared? See, I believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were people that heard from God. They had a revelation. They could stand on the word of God. That's the only way they could stand. The second thing is this. A kick from a friend needs to be more important than kisses from an enemy. Proverbs 27.6, I'm not making this up. It says, "Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. See, if we're gonna to stand together, we need each other. We need each other. Right? Shadrach, me, Shadrach, and Abednego, like that story, the perspective I look at, like if it was just Shadrach, like would he have stood up? Would he have been by himself standing up? Or would he have bowed down? I don't I don't know. I I I, I wanna say I have faith in Shadrach, but I just think this story shows the importance of community. And if 2020 is anything, 2020 is a year of bad friendship. Like I've seen so many people get angry over the smallest things. And and we're called to be good friends to the people around us. To love people really, really well. Like it says in Ecclesiastes, a, a strand of three cords isn't easily broken. And so we need community. We need each other. And there's a few ways I want to talk about how we can be a better friend. The first one is to speak to them not about them, speak to them, not about them. This is good or bad. And you know, I feel like when, when someone passes away and there 's a funeral, you know a lot of times it 's like people saying the same thing, like I, I wish I would have told them, and, and the way we can be a good friend in two thousand and twenty is to tell them, tell them like like maybe everyone else around them knows how much you love them, except for them, and it may feel feel uncomfortable, it may feel weird. But tell them how much you love them. Like we were called to be a good friend. But also this is in the bad or, or maybe in the challenging. In the same perspective. Like I feel like maybe it's, it's just Minnesota. Maybe it's just everywhere. But a lot of times when, when I know somebody has a problem with their friend, everyone else knows about it again except for that person. Because they want to avoid that weird conversation or that challenging conversation, but we're called to be good friends, to be together. Like if we're going to make a stand for Jesus, if we're going to make a stand in this culture in 2020, we need each other more than ever. We need each other more than ever. Second thing is don't let frustrations turn into a fence. F-E-N-S-E. Don't let frustrations turn into a fence, either being offensive or defensive. See, like when even the smallest frustration within a friend, it can grow if you don't take care of it. And then you find yourself being offensive and and you're personally attacking that person. Or maybe you're defensive and and you're avoiding that person or blocking that person. You need to look at the bigger picture. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm sure they had little problems with each other. I'm sure they didn't like what that person said or what that person did. But they were bound together in unity because there was a bigger picture. Where they said, we're fighting To be able to stand for our God. And my encouragement for people here is to look at the bigger picture. Like maybe you walked into this place and you have friendships that are failing. And it's over petty things. But I believe that when we look at a bigger picture, looking at the city of Minneapolis. That people are dying each day and not knowing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we can be unified together when we look at the bigger picture. That ultimately we need to just find people that make you better. One thing my youth pastor would tell me growing up that it probably is the most truthful statement is, "Show me your five closest friends, and I'll show you your future in five years." And it's so true. Is we should love everybody, but we should really look at who you're who you're attached to, who you're really close with, who who you're doing life with. And this past uh, weekend, a couple days ago, I did a wedding, and you know I love doing weddings. And a verse in the Bible talking about weddings is, is in Second Corinthians 6.14 saying, do not be unequally yoked. And, and it's talking about marriage, but I believe it, it talks about friendship. Don't be unequally yoked within friendships. See, what, what a yoke was, was a wooden frame used to attach two oxes. And so you said, okay, this ox would plow a field and has this much strength and so has this much uh, productivity. But if we attach two oxes together, they can be multiplied and they can do much better together. And it's a beautiful concept, this wooden frame attaching two people together. And that's what it talks about being being unequally yoked is you're not yoked with somebody that you should be compatible with. And it's talking about marriages, but I, I believe it talks to friendships. Where a lot of times you're yoked with somebody and you're running at a different speed and you're running after God and you're standing up for God and you're doing those things. Again, love everybody, but be really careful who you attach yourself with. And the reality is if you're going a little bit faster and you're yoked together, you're not going to drag that person towards you. All you're going to do is run in circles. If I'm attached to this person and I'm walking a little bit faster, you're just going to start going like this. And so maybe you're living a life where you haven't gotten much improvement in your life and you feel like you're running around in circles. Maybe it's because you're attached to the wrong people. And I believe that this year has felt like a year of bad friendships. Those are a few things that I'm talking through that we need to be good friends. If we're going to make a stand for God, if we're going to make a stand for this culture and what God is trying to allow us to impact this culture, we need to stand together. The third thing and the final thing as we close out this message Talking about how we can stand up scared. It's even ifs need to be more important than what ifs. It says, but even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of a difference, O king. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold stash you set up. Even ifs need to be more important than what ifs. See, what ifs, those go in my mind all the time. I don't know if they do for you. What if this happens? What if I make a stand and God doesn't come through? What if my marriage fails? What, what if I, I start this business and I don't make enough money? What if, what if, what if? And what if really it's all about fear? But even if it's all about faith. See, what ifs, all, all about selfish motives. A lot of times the next thing after what if is I. What if I? What if I? It's never really about other people. It's never really about God. What ifs are always selfish, but even if as you're being led by the Spirit, what ifs, they, they multiply. Rarely do I ever have just one what if, and if fear multiplies, well, what if this Then and I think, well, what if that, and it, and it just goes down this trail. What ifs multiply, but even if they, they magnify Jesus' name, they say, this is my situation, but I'm going to look past the situation, even if you're still good. There's a quote that is part of this book called Dare, and it's one of the best books I've ever read, but talking about what-ifs. It says, If anxious what-ifs aren't responded to correctly and quickly diffused, they tend to spiral out of control, leaping from one thought to another before you know it. These what-ifs have triggered a tidal wave of adrenaline and fear, answering so what, or I'm going to replace it with even if, answering even if is effective because it neutralizes the fear and places you back in the position of power. And we need to be put back into the position of power. And maybe you walked into this place and you're consumed with what ifs. Maybe as I'm preaching about standing up scared, you know what you need to do. You know what you need to stand up for. But even after God spoke to you, all these what ifs start coming through. But know that even if you step out to start that business. Even if you make a stand for Jesus Christ around your friends and nobody else is serving God. Even if God is still faithful, God will never fail you. That he's always there with you. I'm gonna close this message with every head bowed and every eyes closed. And we're just gonna give somebody the opportunity to follow Jesus.